If you look at Mark 9, we're going to look at a man who had a a father who had a problem with his son. <laughs> and uh, if anybody's ever ever seen that uh, scenario, or if you've if you've been a father, or you or you needed to have um, a, a fathering situation. So if you look at Mark 9 and look at verse um, uh, 14, when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway, straightway, all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And uh, that means that uh, dumb of speech, he can't speak. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth away with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Now notice that he said, O faithless generation, indicating that the problem is a faith problem. Uh, It it, uh, doesn't say that something was wrong with their prayer, something wrong with their the the way that they... uh, were, you know, handling this situation, or, you know, they they joined the wrong denomination, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but thank God there weren't any at that point. Um, but it says here that he identifies the problem. Oftentimes, we don't like to hear this, and the faith movement's kind of gotten a bad rap for always claiming that if your prayers aren't being answered properly, it's because you don't have any faith. But there is a truth there. (laughs) If we have the Scripture to stand on, and God's Word's eternal, amen? Now, some people, they have, because of Calvinism, they have such a strong view of that every time you go to God, you have to ask permission all over again for every single thing, and uh, and just wait, and it's that bad doctrine of sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes maybe, sometimes wait, sometimes it's not my will, you just never know, you never know, you never know. Well, you can't have faith in that. Now, what you can have with you, with that doctrine, if you're just determined to stick with it, God, let, let, let us know how that works out for you. But uh, there's sarcasm there, in case you didn't catch it. But the truth of the matter is that um, you can only have hope or something like that. You can't have faith. Faith begins for the will of God is known. So you would have to establish God's will first before you attempt to use your faith. Go to the Word. Amen. His Word is never failing. Go to the Word. See what the Word says. Not what Sister Ledbetter and her experience. She's led better than everybody else. You know, or Sister Bucket Mouth. She's the one that knows everything about everybody. Amen. And uh, those those different characters. But go to the Word 
and see what the Word says. Don't even go to your past experience. Oftentimes we want to stand on anything but the Word. Well, it's been my past experience that, you know, God did this and that and the other thing. Well, that might be good for inspiration, but we're not standing on what God did or what it seemingly He didn't do in times past. Amen? Or who got a miracle and who didn't? Or who was healed and who died? What, all those things. We can't go to that. If you go to that, you're gonna, you're standing on quicksand, I'm telling you. But if you'll, if you'll get the Word of God out, the living Word, you'll get the foundation of the Word, and you'll stand on that Word, praise God, it will never fail you. And then your faith, it starts there. I, I know these are just elementary things and probably just preaching to the choir today. But uh, maybe somebody out there needs to hear this. And I know that I need to hear it. And I need to be reminded because circumstances create fog. And like I've called it, the fog of war. And sometimes in the midst of the fog, you can't, you, you can't find your way. You're just sort of stuck, right? And, and you, you can't see where you're going. And I saw a, there was a, uh, a show about... Uh, um, I, I think it's the Crown series. It's about uh, Queen Elizabeth and her reign and uh, mini-series type thing. And there was an um, episode where they had this uh, fog in London that so many people died in because the, the, the they couldn't, I mean, they just get run over by a bus and it's right in front of their face. They can't see in broad daylight. It's like it's midnight. And so the fog can make it difficult to see your way. How many know what I'm talking about? But um, uh, be careful that you don't get lost in the fog. Stand on the Word of God. And uh, sometimes the situation you're going through, just to be honest, feels awful, feels terrible. It's not fun. There's nothing good about it. It's awful. But, praise God, in the midst of that, you can still say, this is what's happening, but here's what I'm believing. I'm standing on the written Word of God. I'm standing, we sing that song, standing on the promises. Well, if they're promises, in other words, that's like a promissory note. It's something that's guaranteed, something that, that has to be uh, executed. Amen? And so God's promises aren't, well, if I get around to it and I feel like it, you don't make me mad. His promises are yea and amen in Christ. When Jesus died on the cross and finished his work, went to the throne finally, and sat down at the right hand of God, he secured all of God's blessings for us. Amen. So don't get hung, don't get off into, uh, well, you just never know, you know, with God, what He's going to do. Uh, he's just fickle. Well, might as well just say it. That's what you've just described. A fickle situation, and I don't know what He's going to do. You just never know. You can never tell. Well, you can if you'll read the Bible, and you'll have confidence in the written Word of God. Amen? Then you can know what God will do. You can also know, as circumstances develop in your life, you can also know... Uh, what is God and what is the devil? It's not complicated. Like uh, Amy Simple McPherson said one time, she says, here's my theology. Good God, bad devil. There's no <laughs> end of story. Amen. If it's bad and it feels bad, it's the devil trying to do something. 
if, if it's good and it's a blessing and you can identify it as a good thing, then it's the Lord working. Amen. God does not hire the devil as a hitman either. And, uh, you know, I know a guy that knows a guy, you know. That's not, that's not the way that God's love and mercy operates. Would you do that to your children? And so, uh, again, if we be in carnal here on Father's Day, if we are being, if we being carnal know how to give good gifts for our children, how much more does the Heavenly Father know how to bless those who love and serve Him? Amen? So praise God, just thought I'd point that out, that Jesus did identify this here as not a will of God problem, as not a, a lack of willingness, in other words, on God's part, but a lack of faith, um, which often leads to uh, wrong execution on any situation. Because if we don't really have faith, we're not going to have authority. And if we don't take authority, the devil's not moving. I'm just telling you. Uh, we took authority over uh, these little tiny ants we get on our, our patio. We took uh, Scarlet took authority and got out this big uh, can called Raid and uh, used her authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. And uh, they, I don't know where they went, but they're not there anymore. Praise the Lord. Um, please don't come to me after the service and preach to me the dangers of pesticides. I got it. Keep it to yourself. You do your thing, I'll do mine. Um, well, some people say, well, just put oatmeal out there. Can you imagine putting oatmeal by a swimming pool and having the dog eat it and throw up, that's just great. So please keep your oatmeal in your bowl. Amen. All right. He says, uh, I spake to thy disciples that could cast them out, and they could not. And um, this, is, again, he said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the Spirit tore him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Uh, the, the demon, you know, manifested. He asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child. In other words, he's had this for some time. Oftentimes it has cast him into the fire, and into the waters to destroy him, like a suicidal type of thing here. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, from a religious, uh, human sympathetic point of view, you wouldn't find much wrong with that request. This man saying, if you can do anything... Um, have compassion on us and help us if you can do anything. But you've got to understand, he's talking to Jesus. He's talking to the miracle man. He's talking to the one whose abilities are not to be questioned. Amen? And so, sometimes we pray goofy prayers. I think we pray goofy prayers like that. Lord, I don't know if you can do anything about this, but if you can, please help me. Well, that sounds sweet, but it's unscriptural, and it's actually an insult to God. Folks, you got to remember who we're praying to. 
you got to remember who that you're requesting. It's not a problem of ability. <laughs> if God's got ability problems, we're all in trouble. But how many believe God is almighty? Let's just start there. You know, sometimes you think, well, my faith is weak. I don't know where to build it. Yes, you do. You start from the foundation up. Amen? Uh, you know, God forbid, but if suddenly there's a huge crack in the wall of your home or this church building or whatever, you know, and there's this huge crack, um, you know, you're going to have a contractor come out and not they're not going to just look at the crack. They're going to probably start at the foundation and work their way up. Something's wrong at the foundation level. And oftentimes we'll have a crack <laughs> in our faith or a problem, and uh, we think, you know, I, I need to patch that. I need to, I need to put something in there or whatever. Maybe have somebody anoint the crack with oil and <laughs> pray a prayer or whatever. But you know what? Oftentimes we have to go back and say, well, something from the ground up is causing this. There's a foundational issue here. And so we go back and we build our foundation. Well, remember the prayer. I've mentioned this many times. Those of you that have been with, with us here for many years know that one of my favorite uh, prayers is in Acts 4. We won't turn there, but just think about it. But they're all threatened not to preach in Jesus anymore. And if they do, they're going to get beaten and they're going to, you know, have a big problem with the Gestapo, the, the uh, Sanhedrin Gestapo. And uh, they're going <laughs> to, it's a joke, um, not, not really, kind of, sort of, the same devil. But anyway, they were, gonna, they were going to, uh, you know, ha have this problem and they were threatened and told to shut up. In other words, they're told to shut, shut down the, the gospel, shut down the church, basically. And uh, they're threatened. And uh, did they pray, well, Lord, if you can do anything, help us here. It's this little holy huddle right here. We're just trying to do the work of God, and here's this threat. But uh, you notice that when they prayed, they said, Lord, thou art God that's made heaven and earth and all that's in them. And then they talked about Jesus. So they built a found. They, they went to the foundation first and basically said in their prayer, what do we believe? What do we really believe? And so it says, do we believe in God? Do we believe that He is an almighty God? Do we believe in that He created everything and He's all-powerful? Do we believe in His Son, Jesus? Do we believe that He died on the cross for us and shed His blood? You see, you rebuild the foundation from the ground up and you stabilize that and make sure. And then they finally got up here to their problem. But that was at the end. The very end of their prayer was, Lord, now behold their threatening, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And the Bible says the whole place was shaken, where they, they all felt it. They all like an like a some sort of an earthquake event. And so uh, here we have this man praying the wrong prayer. You think what's wrong with his prayer? Well, he doesn't know who Jesus is, and he doesn't believe really yet that he can do what he says he can do. So he says, if thou can help us, have compassion on us. Amen. Now, if uh, is the big red badge of doubt. Uh, you, you should really try to get rid of the word if out of a lot of your praying and confessing. Amen. Well, if the Lord comes through, this is what will happen. 
But if he doesn't, then this is what will happen. You know, well, if, if, if is not a good word for believers. Amen. Um, if thou canst do anything. And Jesus said unto him, oh yes, I'm here to serve you. Uh, I feel sorry for you. Oh, what a horrible thing. Is that what he said? No, now religion would have him saying that. But he didn't say that. Let's read exactly what he did say. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe. In other words, look. And uh, other translations actually say, uh, one, one uh, is very bold and says, um, what's this if I can business? That's not, a, in other words, that's not up for discussion. What's this if I can business? That's not the question. You're asking the wrong question, man, with the foaming at the mouth. Child, <laughs> see, he says, if you can, and see, that's the, in other words, that's the, uh, that's the implication there. What, in a way, he's saying, what is this if you can? What do you mean if you can? See, in Jesus' mind, his ability was never in question. What do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I have? Authority over the devil. What do you mean if I can do it? He says, all things are possible to him that believes. He said, so he says, can you believe? That's the question. Now, can you believe what? Can, now, this, this gets really simple, folks, and easy for us to interact with, and take home, and apply. If you can what? If you can believe, if you can believe what? Do you believe that I can? Ha <laughs> ha! Praise God, that's the question. Isn't that beautiful? Almost everybody. Why, even the, the Bible Baptists might be able to believe that one. Amen. If you really press them. It's a joke, praise the Lord. We love the Bible Baptists. But just saying... That almost all believers, and, and even those that are not quite born again, but kind of have a, an honor for God, or understand the concept of, uh, of a higher power, they love to talk like that, like that makes them smarter. Uh, the, the Bible says, the fool has said, there is no God. They have their own holiday, April Fool's Day. And, uh, can celebrate that. So, uh, the fool has said it in, that there is no God. But those who are not foolish and who believe in God, even if they're not born-again believers yet, if you ask them, does God have the ability to deliver people? Does God have the ability to provide for people? Does God have the ability to do great and mighty things still in the earth? Uh, I think that your average person would say yes. You know, if there's a God at all, then he's the God of miracles. And if there, if he can't do miracles, he's not the God. There's something wrong there. Almost anybody with a piece of a brain left can figure that out. Amen? But, um, this guy wasn't quite getting it, and so, um, Jesus told him what the question is. It's not if I can, it's can you believe that I can? Do you believe that I can? How many believe he can? 
Well, see, if you get rid of that Calvinist thing, then you, you not only believe that he can, because Calvinists believe that he can, they just don't know if he will. See, their problem is, well, you don't know if he's willing. Well, if he wasn't willing, then God owes Jesus a huge apology for sending him to the cross to die and shed his blood for maybe. Amen? He owes him an apology. But Jesus paid it all. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53, uh, verses 4 and 5, state clearly that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. That's Isaiah's prophecy uh, to about Jesus' death on the cross. Well, somebody said, I can't even believe it. I'm telling you what, these were Church of God people that put this on Facebook the other day, was talking about this, and they put on there uh, something about, well, that scripture shouldn't even be used for divine healing. Now, the Church of God people, that's how far some folks have drifted, were saying, well, you shouldn't really use that scripture for divine healing. Because that's talking about spiritual healing. Well, a um, couple of problems with that. One is, we're not healed spiritually when we're saved. We're born again. We are, re- we, are, we are resurrected from the dead. We come from a spiritually dead state to a state of, of, um, of resurrection. If, if we brought a dead body in here, and laid it out in the front, we wouldn't have a healing prayer. There's nothing to heal. That's like praying for the pew to be healed. <laughs> you understand? It's dead. There's not, there's, the tree's been cut down. It's been uh, dead for years. The wood, that's the, the organic material that, that you're sitting on right now. And so you don't, you don't pray healing for a dead body. You'd have to pray for resurrection, right? You'd have to pray for the miracle of resurrection. And so we are miraculously resurrected spiritually to new life in Christ. Amen. So it's ridiculous to say, well, that's talking about only spiritual healing. We don't receive a spiritual healing. There's nothing to heal. We have a spiritual resurrection. Praise the Lord. Number two, uh, I guess the Holy Spirit didn't know. He didn't get the memo that that was about only spiritual things because Matthew uh, eight seventeen talks about the fact that uh, Jesus, you know, um, went in and um, healed uh, Peter's mother-in-law. And uh, that scripture tells us that, let's put that up, Matthew eight seventeen. see, and that, that healed the mother-in-law and then others that were in, in, in that uh, event and that time, they were healed also. He, he, he healed all that were sick. So it says in verse 17, that that might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. Talking about Isaiah 53. So obviously you've got a conflict here. So anybody who says, well, Isaiah 53 is only for spiritual you know, development, nothing to do with physical healing, 
they're either dishonest or ignorant. There's just no middle ground. We'll, we pray it's ignorance and not dishonesty. Amen? So, um, I wrote this person back and I said, well, if, if, that's, if that's what you're going to believe, then the Church of God or any other group, assemblies, you name it, word of faith, doesn't matter. They need to all change their uh, declaration of faith and remove divine healing out of it because there's, you don't have any divine healing with that. And this person wrote me back and said, well, maybe so. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Just change it. Well, you know, okay. Well, I, I want to just say, well, why don't you just go find the group that already believes like you do and doesn't believe in divine healing? Uh, but, you know, you're, you're going to have a hard time um, having a, a faithectomy from the word, if you start, you know, you'd have to go cut out every miracle that Jesus did with an exacto knife. You'd have to cut out the, you know, the actual, like, like you're extracting, what are they, redacted. You're going to have to redact the majority of the New Testament to get rid of divine healing. You can't, you, you, and so then I don't know what you're left with. Um, and it's interesting to me that people have struggle with their faith for something temporary like divine health and healing and divine prosperity on earth. They, they want to get rid of that, say you can't have faith for that, and yet they're claiming to have faith for God's Word to work to go to eternity. I'm thinking, well, if you can't believe for what you can see right here in front of your face, what makes you think you can believe for eternity? That's crazy to me. Sorry, I'm an old-fashioned word of faith guy. Hallelujah. And I'm brainwashed, and you're not going to change me or any groups of people. Bring 10,000, and I'll still stand on the word. Amen? Don't care. Well, Dr. Doolittle says this, and Dr. Do-Nothing agrees with it. Well, praise God. <laughs> Who cares? Amen? Well, he's got a cemetery, I mean a seminary degree, you know. Well, yippee yippee, alert the media. Um, I love verse 24, we're about to wind it up here. I love verse 24, straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. What a smart man this was. Amen. Now, he wasn't like some folks in church get offended, you know, if they get a little word of correction, they get offended and feelings hurt. You know, he said, well, I, here I am with my demon-possessed foaming child, and you want to correct my doctrine. You know, that's not the... I'm going back to the church that cares. <laughs> well, Jesus cared enough to correct him. Now, you might say, well, why didn't Jesus just do it anyway? Well, he didn't have the authority to do it. It's not his child. It's the man's child. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to just run into your life and bulldoze you over. You understand? He, he's, 
He's not the one that's got your checkbook. He's not the one that's, you know, deciding things. And so you can ask for his help. The Holy Spirit's our helper. He's not our doer. We're the doers of the word. He's the one helping us do the word. Amen. Well, I know this, you know, the word of faith movement has always, you know, suffered a little pushback because of being so dogmatic on some of these things. But, you know, if, if it's work, if it works, we need to be dogmatic about it. I'm dogmatic about putting only gasoline in my gas tank because that's what works. The car will run day and night with that. But, you know, if we tried a little caro syrup and I don't know what else, we might have a problem. And so if it works, then that's what you need to do. Amen? You will find for hygiene that soap works miracles. Praise the Lord. And so we depend on it, and we always make sure we have plenty. And so, um, you know, certain things you just are what I call a no-brainer. Amen? The word works. Folks, I've seen the word work when it looked like it wasn't gonna. I've seen the word work when it felt like it wasn't gonna. I'm, gonna, I'm using the word gonna. Praise the Lord. Because I'm from Georgia and we say gonna. And we said that in Oklahoma, that worked well too. Alright. And then if you were, if you were old enough from Oklahoma and Texas, you'd say I'm a gonna. <laughs> like Brother Hagen would say. Uh, I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stand on. I'm gonna act like the Bible. So that's what he always said. And boy, that's that right there is a word that changed your life. Just that. I'm gonna act like the Bible. So. Well, why? Well, hey, did all your problems melt away? You're so happy and smiling and praising the Lord today. You can say, well, I tell you what, Jesus paid the price for me. And, and I, I don't have any problems. I just have faith in God. And whatever it is that's coming against me has to fall by the wayside in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me will prosper in Jesus' name. But I love that prayer that this man prayed. Now, you know, some churches wouldn't like his prayer. But he said, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Amen. Of course, there was a great, the great deliverance, and the people ran together. They're, those people just ran all the time, didn't they? they? They ran away from Jesus and run back to him. I don't know. I guess they, it's the way they got their exercise. Maybe he was near the yoga center or something. I don't know. But uh, there, people came running together, it says, all the time. They're running, running, running. Um, <laughs> but here you can see that what happened... When the man said, say, well, what did he think? And what did he have in his heart? We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But the Bible does tell us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And this man cried out. Cried out doesn't mean he was going, oh, really? He means he yelled out. He said it very loud. He said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Well, that was all the authority Jesus needed for his power to be released and change that situation. The demon came out, the, the boy was delivered. So I want you to see that today. Praise God for your life and for mine. How many can see where they could apply this? You know, maybe you have a challenge. Maybe you've prayed like the disciples 
and um, tried to get rid of something and it's still there. Anybody been there? Tried to, you've rebuked and bound and jumped for joy and ran around and played the tambourine and you know did the Pentecostal Tourette's jerk and whatever to try to make things change and uh, and uh, you you still got the problem. But I'll tell you what, this scripture right here still works. Amen. Because sometimes we get a little whiny like that. Lord, if you can do anything, you get me. Well, there's just no authority in that. The devil doesn't feel sorry for anybody. In fact, he's like a sick, he's like a, a rabid dog. If he smells fear, he smells blood, he just, he just gets more rabid, wants to bite more, wants to infect more. So, uh, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna make a deal with the devil to leave us alone. What we have to do is walk in authority in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of Jesus. You know, so you just speak up, you know, at your house or in your car, uh, you know, wherever you are. And you just speak up and say, in the name of Jesus, I command you to take your hands off of my finances. Take your hands off of my body. Take your hands off of my children. Take your hands off of my grandchildren. Praise the Lord. And you begin to speak that out where it becomes a lifestyle. And, uh, you, you, you don't even, you don't even need to turn around and look and see if the devil left or need to investigate to see if anything's changed, you know, or look and see if there's, you know, the place on your body that was diseased to see if it's better. You just go on in faith. Amen. And say, praise God, I dealt with that. The devil's a liar. In Jesus' name, amen? And then you declare, like we sang that song as a great declaration. You're a good, good father, and I'm loved by you. That's all I need to know. But, you know, there's some other things you can say to from the Word. You know, I'm the, I mean, you've heard me rattle this off, but it's a part of my soul and my being. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a new creature in Him. Uh, I'm a partaker of His divine nature. Um, I'm, I'm uh, um, an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. No weapon formed against me will prosper. The weapon that would have the power to take me out, this is one translation of that from Isaiah 54, the power that ha- the, the, the the weapon that has the power to take me out has not even been invented yet. Praise God. And that's a real strong, that's a, from an old English translation. But that's a real strong way to say that, isn't it? Isn't that beautiful? How many find that beautiful? So praise God, what you do when you declare that is you're eliminating fear, you're eliminating uh, all those challenges from the devil. So anyway, this man learned a great lesson. Number one, never question God's ability. So, well, I, I just don't know how this thing has gone so far, and I'm so deep into it, I don't know how the Lord would deliver me. Well, that's why you're not the Lord. Amen? <laughs> that's why we're not the Lord. We don't have to know. We don't have to, to figure it out. That's His job. Our job is to stand in praise. Somebody said, if the door is shut, Stand in the hall, praise him in the hall. <laughs> I love that. You go to open the door that you're supposed to go through, and it seems locked. Well, I'm praising him in the hall. 
that what He's got in that room for me is good. Amen. And I'm going through in Jesus' name. Well, praise the Lord. That help you today? A little faith lesson on Father's Day. This father had a great Father's Day that day, didn't he? Get his son back from crazy land. Hallelujah. Because the devil will turn you crazy. I'm going to pray for those of you that are watching by internet, especially, and uh, here in the sanctuary as well. If you've got a disease situation or any kind of problem, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you there. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you that those who have need are being touched by your power right now, in the name of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Lord, I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths and strange manifestations of illness to go in Jesus' name. Any kind of swelling, any kind of, of, uh, of, of circulatory problems, you know, blood clots, whatever it may be, in Jesus' name, go from these bodies in the name of Jesus. I rebuke uh, mental illness, oppression, depression, fear, uh, unreasonable thoughts and those things voices that are being heard, things that are being seen that are not real. In the name of Jesus, I call all that to stop and fall by the wayside. We take authority over the devil in Jesus' name and speak peace to that storm. Those that have financial needs, material needs in this life and this world, Father, I thank you for showing yourself strong this week and showing them that you're a good, good Father and can provide what they need Ephesians 3.20 measurement, amen, abundantly above all that we even ask or think. We glory and honor praise uh, people that are traveling today by automobile and airplane and other, other means of transportation. Lord, we thank you for their safety, their protection, and, 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 and speed um, uh, arrival at where they're supposed to be in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise Lift us our hands. Praise God today. Word and for faith and for victory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be dismissed. Praise God.